Hello and welcome to hell. It's six wins on the bounce now for the boys in brown. It's not often you get to say that as a St. Pauli fan. Unfortunately, Trev can't be joining us this week, but I'm joined by Gunnar, who's going to help me pick the bones out of this this 2-1 win, which uh, came thanks to two goals by Lucas Dashner. Anyway, what's the crack, Gunnar? What did you make of the match? First of all, I have to say this game feels like it's been, like it's ages away. We're recording this now. It's uh, Tuesday evening. The game was on Friday and it, it feels like we're almost going to the next one now. Um, we're also, yeah, like I said, we're quite late recording this week. Um, but but onto the game, uh, we started really well again, straight from from kickoff. We won the ball back and uh, just sh- we're straight at them, straight at Paderborn. And um, the the one thing I noticed though, the the kind of like the first, I think it it, it is this first move that we have. It's a, it's a cross in from Manos, and then uh, for Dashner and, and he puts it wide. But I was thinking. Uh, here we go again. It's one of them crosses into the box that are kind of like meant for one of the big lads. Uh, we don't have any of them on the pitch. But yeah, we'll get on to Dashner. He, he definitely proved us all wrong, didn't he? Yeah, because it, we went in with an on-tune starting 11, uh, which meant front three of uh, Dabo Afalai and Dashner leading the line and then Metcalf on the right. And we were saying last week that if anybody was to get dropped, it would most likely be Dashner. Um, not that he doesn't work hard for the team or anything. It's just the goal threat is, isn't really there. Um, but fucking hell did he prove us wrong because his two goals were just brilliantly taken. They were like like a striker who's on top form and just full of confidence. It was it was brilliant. I also like the way like we sort of know our best starting eleven now. We're starting to, to gain some consistency there. Um but in comparison, Paderborn's first eleven was absolutely decimated. They were without six first team players, and three of them were their their three top goal scorers. So it probably was a good time to be playing Paderborn, um, and they did look off the pace, especially in the first half. Yeah, like you say, especially first half, um, they. I nearly said they left me wanting more, but but yeah, I didn't want more from from Paderborn. But uh, I was expecting a bit more. It's probably like you say through their injuries, and then I, I think I heard on commentary uh, there was surprises a bit that this Muslia guy that he didn't start the game, and I thought he looked good in the second half for them. Um, but yeah, Dashner, Dashner. I want to talk about Lucas Dashner. It's like he heard us on the pod, or he heard everyone. Um, but I, I noticed in the first half, at least, he he dropped a bit deeper at times, uh, deeper into midfield to re- receive the ball. It's, he, he was playing this role in like a yeah, like a false nine, false nine position almost, and uh, I liked it. I liked it. He was receiving the ball deep at the center circle. He was out on the wing, on the left wing sometimes, and I think well, one of the goals definitely came from well. First of all, there was one ball where he's like on the left wing. And it's a great ball to Connor Metcalf, and Metcalf should probably do better. But then Dashner's goal comes from almost the exact same thing. But that time, then he plays it out to Manos, who's in acres of space, has so much time to pick someone out, and it's not crossed in. It's a low ball, and Dashner just needs to get something on it, and he, he gets his second. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. The commentary said as well that he is supposed to be. Uh, uh, signing a contract extension very soon, 
so uh, that will be very very good for us and like you say we we seem to be known our starting best starting 11 and every time the team sheet every week the team sheet comes out and if there's no surprises uh, i think it's a good thing for us like so that settles the mystery of why all of a sudden he can find the back of the net he wants a few more grand per week added on that new contract it's it's obvious isn't it yeah maybe maybe they already talked about a gold bonus and uh, he's, <laughs> he's just warming up for it <laughs> i liked hartle as well i thought hartle uh he, he was pushing up uh, a few times he had First half, I think he had a good chance as well. That the angle was a bit, uh, bit tough to take. Um, but yeah, overall, overall, I really, really liked us in the first half. Yeah, yeah, and the the front three, the interplay between them was so good. Um, and that that second goal that you were talking about, it it all started with Dashner as well, have with a great dummy in turn to leave the the defender for absolute dead. Um, and because they were so concentrated. Uh, Paderborn on our left-hand side and taking care of uh, Dapo and Pacarada because, you know, so much of our play comes through Pacarada. It just left the right-hand side completely free with with um, Salayakas and, and Akers. And then the kind of scuffed finish, if you wanted to be harsh from, from Tashner, but it, it found the bottom corner. And both of his goals, they weren't even proper clear-cut chances they were just well taken you know mm-hmm. even even the first one he just sort of uh wriggled free on the edge of the box and very nicely finished into the bottom corner on his left foot so really encouraging from him if if dashner can start scoring there's really no stopping us like is there no i think well that's that's what we said in the past about Dashner, no, I, I certainly said like he's getting in the right positions and uh, it it makes me hoping that like at some point he's he's gonna get the goals and we've seen it in this game and he, he had a bit of luck especially like with the second goal the first goal maybe as well it comes off a Paderborn defender at first and then he's surrounded by four but like he just gets a little bit of space and then lets one fly and, and it goes in beyond the keeper um like if if he can do that on the regular I think that puts him up to five goals uh I heard on a commentary five goals for us this season as well um yeah, really good, really good. And then there's, there's no need to change something and we can still have the big man Morides off the bench if we just like need something else. Hmm. And even though he's getting involved in the build-up play a lot and, as you said, coming a bit deeper to receive it, he's still arriving in the box at the right time, as we saw from, from that second goal, because it, it started like just inside our own half. Um, hmm. when, whenever he first, well, he didn't touch the ball, but he dummied it and got around the defender, but he... He followed up, followed it up, and Lampard esque running in into the box box at the right time. Um, so happy to see that, and we played so good in that first half. Um, completely dominated Paderborn, not just creating chances, but the defense looked solid. They never really troubled us. Um, we we were a bit concerned about the the pace of their their attackers, but mm. Hutzler adapted to that uh, mainly by having. The, the back three sit a bit deeper, but also we now have Eric Smith in that back three. And I, I know he played in, in the reverse fixture at the Millen Tour, but he was in midfield, so he couldn't make those recovery runs. Um, I think only once a ball got put in behind our defence. And even then, Mets just fucking ran his bikes off to get back and absolutely bodied Conte, I think it was. Um, 
probably a free kick, but didn't get given. So was that was that was Eric there. actually. Yeah, yeah, should have probably been a free kick. Um, yeah. But the, the commentary said that uh, Conte probably leaned into him a bit too much, and that's why I wasn't wasn't given. But and it, it was noticeable, uh, I thought, compared to last game as well, that it, it wasn't just Medic receiving these balls from uh, Vasil. Eric was a bit. Not deeper, but he he was he was there more often to receive it, and then started us building up from from the back. And I think I thought that was noticeable. Then that we were like just building up better. Uh, I thought, and I had in my notes as well about our wingers first, like Metcalf and Dapo. Like Dapo seemed, I don't know, like not like he was struggling, but uh, instead they they doubled up on him. Sometimes there was three people on him, and they just get, didn't give him any time. They kept him very quiet. I thought uh, they did that really well. But the one or two times he he did get through, we, we got to see his his little, like signature move. Where he, like drops a shoulder and then beats not just one but like the second defender too who's already like on the ground expecting a, expecting a shot. Like I'm, we're still waiting for his first goal, uh, but I, I think it's gonna come. There's the signs. It's they're all there. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one because he has been so good for us that other teams are starting to realize how much of a threat he is, which means that he's getting doubled up on, and you know their their tactics are are focused on him so that he doesn't get time and space on the ball. But then that just leaves space on the other side, yeah, which the other side. For, for, for us to exploit. Um, so it m- might not allow him to shine or get goals and assists as much as I'm sure he would like to, but he's still contributing massively. And I thought he had a very good game. Yeah, I thought so too. And then Dashner's first goal, I don't know if that counted as a Metcalf assist, but he definitely... He touches the ball the last before Dashner starts his little dribble there, so so maybe maybe that he got it. I don't I don't know. I have to check. I thought it was a really nice assist actually. Well, there was still quite a bit for Dashner to do, but it was sort of like um, almost just chopped the pass into him. Yes, because there was no there was no time for like backlift on it. He just sort of like chopped it into him, and then um, Dashner still had to I think the ball ricocheted off a defender's legs or something. There was a a little bit of luck there. Um, but then that finish, left foot into the bottom corner, give the keeper no chance. It was brilliant. So the first half, as we said, couldn't really have gone any better. Um, could have maybe even scored more. Completely nullified their attack. But then second half, they made a couple of changes. Um, they moved to a double 10. Is that right? Is that how they ended up getting more space in, in, in the half spaces in front of our, between our midfield and defence? Yeah, so I, I think they started the, the game with the same formation as us. They mirrored us. Uh, so with the double six, where we have Irvine and Hartle. And then they obviously 2-0 down at halftime, Paderbornar. And they, they, they had to change something. And they, they changed one of their sixes to to be more offensive and play more with like a, a double 10. And that gave us problem. It pushed us quite deep, I thought, at the start of the first half. And we... We learned to deal with it a bit better over the course of the second half, but uh, you could definitely tell that we were not struggling with it, but uh, it put us under pressure for sure, yeah. Yeah, I also thought that we were a bit more passive ourselves like rather than... Well, I think being... that that probably comes also then from, from being 2-1 down quite early on. You get this like lifted ball, no, you get lofted ball, lifted just over the defense, and uh, you can see... Vasil, he's pointing at the runner 
and Metz is kind of with him, but then Vasil can only parry it like straight into the feet of, of Metz. And Metz looks super annoyed with it. Like the, the ball, I think it's always e- easy to say for us here sitting, <laughs> sitting talking about it. But like for me, it's one of the basics. Like you, you shouldn't. Vasil shouldn't put the ball where he, where he had. He should. It should have just gone to the side, and then the situation has come is, de- is dealt with. Uh, but yeah, Mets Mets look very annoyed with that. And then obviously, it's it's just a one goal difference, and that gave Paderborn a way back into the game. And uh, yeah, and and us on the on the back foot from then on. Yeah, definitely changed the the dynamic of the game. But just got, going back to that that uh, Paderborn goal to make it two one. Um, it was only what five or six minutes after the restart, um, and then and I was the same as you initially. Your first thought, pretty much always as a football fan, whenever a goal goes in, was like, "Right, whose fault is that? Mm. <laughs> Who do I get the blame for this one?" And the only place to look here was Nico or Mets. And first time I saw it back, I was like, "Right, Nico needs to be pushing that around the post." But then at a certain angle, I saw that. It's one of those ones that's really difficult for a keeper because it's bouncing right in front of him. Hmm. So he has to kind of meet it right as it bounces. So I'm sure he would have wanted to push it around the post, but I think the bounce made it a bit awkward for him. And the best he could do is just parry it. And then it's just shit bad luck that he happened to parry it directly on the Mets and going to the back of the net. Um, I feel for him, I do, because... He had. We've been talking recently about how good he's been, um, and I think that looked worse than it actually was. Yeah, and straight after that, when we when we were under pressure by Paderborn, there was a few really good saves from Nico. I thought where he makes himself really big, like closes the angle on the near post, and and he's just there and like two, two three really good saves. And then there's another one where you would expect him to like parry it to the side, and he doesn't, which. Like, that happened in twice in a game made me a bit nervous or nervous even more nervous than I was uh, anyway but he's been so solid for us and I think he's he's getting better every game Nico does is and uh, yeah these things happen I mean we still won so yeah yeah exactly um, but I, I thought that that second half sort of followed a similar pattern to what we saw last week against Hansa where we were great first half and then just sort of retreated a little bit in the second half and let them come on to us. And it only seemed there was sort of inevitability about about conceding. And I was very surprised that they didn't get an equalizer to make it to each. They certainly had their chances. And I would argue they, they should have got a point again out of uh, this match. Paderborn, I think we, we were quite lucky in the end. Yes, uh, before we came on, I watched back the highlights again. And this, this, I think there's two chances laid on for Paderborn where, where they... They really take their time. It's almost like handball, where they're just like they're going around like this, this the box, and just like looking for an opening, and just waiting and waiting. And it's, it's a cross ball in from the right, and just two Paderborn uh, players they can't get their head to it, or one of them does, and it's, it still goes wide because he can't get enough on it. And like you say, I think a draw for them would have probably been deserved. Yeah, I say that would have been a fair result because I don't think either team played at their best they both play a similar style they like to keep it on the deck and try and play nice football as, as best they can and there were glimpses of it where you could see that these were all right these are two of the best teams in the league and they have quality um 
but there were it was just wasn't consistent throughout the match. There were sways of the match where not a lot happened, or any time there was a chance, it was due to mistakes or transitions. You know, uh, but yeah, it, this is the sort of match that we either would have drawn or lost in the first half of the season, definitely. Yes, and just like we said, Padawan would probably I think if we played them two months ago when when all their their players were fit and or not suspended or whatever, then they, they who knows they might have might have even beat us. You know, if their first eleven strikers had played against us, then some of these chances in the second half, um, they might have taken these chances. Yeah, yeah. So the, these are we've got to sort of count ourselves lucky in these moments. Um, and also realize that it's not gonna it's not gonna stay like this. Like eventually our luck is gonna run out and we have to be prepared for that by putting teams to the sword and getting the game out of sight. Because if we had a taken an extra chance in that first half and made a three nil, then that second half would have been a doddle, you know, we wouldn't have had mm. to have worried at all. I mean I would kinda expect Fabian Herzler would have said at halftime here, like we're two nil up. So you you don't have to be completely going for it again. You don't have to win four nil in the end. Like we've we've seen it in the past. Like it's more about the result. I think like we still want to play good football, but it's more about the result. Eh? So if you if you can win one nil, uh, if you can win two one, like end of the day, it's about the three points. And if you spend fifteen minutes telling these lads here you're two nil up, well. Not take it slow, but well, game management a bit more. Like take a bit of time off the clock, and then, like you say, the the, the goal from Paderborn is just like five six minutes after uh, after the second half has started. Then then your game plan goes out the window a bit, and then they need to organize again. And I think once we found our rhythm again in the second half, then we looked pretty solid. Like Paderborn still had their chances, but uh, I'm getting more and more used to us to just. Uh, right out a lead you know mm-hmm. uh, i think six months ago uh this this would have put me in the grave i'm still nervous like but i'm um, <laughs> like six months ago this uh, i don't know I, I couldn't have made this but like now i'm I'm getting used to it and this seems to be the, the way that we're going for like it's crazy how quickly that changed as well isn't it because the first half of the season you felt that anytime they took a shot it was gonna go and we absolutely batter teams off the park and then we'd end up dropping two points because it, there was a deflection and it ended up getting going into the top corner. Um, but it's just the opposite. The, these past six games, I felt like they, they were just peppering our goal and it, it, it would never go in. You know, All right, they, they got lucky for the first one, but the amount of opportunities that they had to, to equalize that probably should have been taken and we got away with it. Yeah, and you say it's it's funny how how things how quickly things changed. Like I've looked back just to transitions, maybe to, to our next talking point on the Furt, who we play now on Saturday early kickoff. I looked back at the highlights from the return fixture that we played against them. That was Connor Metcalf's first goal, where, like in that game that uh, he scored. I think laid on to equalize. Uh, but like looking at that team as well, it's a completely different team. You had Eggerstein starting, Otto was starting, Nemeth was starting, um, mm-hmm. and that that also is just six months ago, you know. So um, 
I don't really know what to expect from Fürth. I've looked at some highlights of them again. They seem to be struggling away from home, um, especially now since the, since the break. I've seen they they haven't won an away game overall. They've only won two away games, if I've seen that right. Um, so I'm I'm kind of hoping that with our home form and their away form, that it's kind of not a foregone conclusion. But I'm very <laughs> confident again. Very confident. Yeah, man, their their away form is shocking. I think it's second worst in the league. Um, but this is what concerns me because it's probably see with this great run of of six in a row. Now we all of a sudden have expectations. Um, you said foregone conclusion. I don't think we would have said that about any of the previous six games. But but now that we have we have a bit of pressure, how do we react to it? Um, because these are the ones that. That we can slip up on. I forget who we played in the in the first half of the season where they they hadn't won away from home all year and they had a goal difference of like I don't know mm. minus fifteen away from home and then they just rocked up to the Milan tour by three points. So uh, yeah, we we can't switch off. I'm sure the boys will be will be ready for it as well. Yeah, I mean. I don't. I don't really want to think about it because there's no signs pointing, pointing to it going wrong. Eh? I mean, like, hopefully I'm not. Hopefully I'm being proved right. That <laughs> I think. I think the team and and the manager kind of they just take it game by game. And if we as fans can can get on board with that as well, like we're gonna lose eventually, but. Yeah, then then it's one of them things like it's, it's how you react. But like again, on on third this week, uh, this this weekend, like in in the games that they've played now since since the winter winter break, the, there's been some like sending offs for them, like uh, double yellow cards, and they were not hard done by by like some of the uh, refereeing decisions, but. It was like 50-50s just haven't haven't gone in their favor and like we know all too much about that. Um it's just I think we're too good for them. Let's hope so anyway. <laughs> I know it sounds like really overconfident because I it's it's one of them also one of the things we say every I don't know enough, enough about Firth to make a super like uh, informed prediction on how this this game is going to go but i know not enough about us and if we see the same starting starting lineup again dashner has his two goals in his favor now uh i'm sure like we said before uh dapo is is itching to get a goal but he plays really really well metcalf got his first goal against them so he's been a bit quiet in the last two games so he he must be fancying them as well defense super solid nico might feel like he has to make up for for that mistake against paderborn so only thing that worries me maybe would be uh, Vasil holding on to the ball too long because they have one striker, uh, Ratner Ache. Um, he really presses the goalkeeper, and uh, I've seen I've seen in some highlights uh, where he just bullies the goalie and wins the ball back, and then they get a few chances from that. So he needs to be careful with that. But other than that, I just I just feel we have enough for like for them. They also have a good number ten, uh, some Swedish fellow, Branimir Rogata. Rogata. Yeah. yeah, he's got eight goals this season already, which is a great return from from that position. Um, but I'm sure 
Jackson or Vine will take care of him. I really do hope that that we have too much for him and we're just better all across the pitch because the last couple of games have been nervy as fuck, man. I, I'd love to just absolutely pump them and have a bit of a party atmosphere at the Milan Tour. Yeah, I was I was thinking that too. I, I don't want like a 1-0. A I mean, Fabian Hertzler might might see that different. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be happy, clean sheet, three points. But yeah, trina up at halftime and, and just in, enjoy the second 45 minutes, something like that. We haven't seen that in a while now. I'm not saying like 3-0 or whatever. But I, just not to worry in like the, the second half or something, that, that'd, be, that'd be really good. Get another Astra in, just enjoy the football. <laughs> that'd be good. Man, I can feel this this disrespect to Foot coming back to bite us <laughs> in the arse already. Like we are seriously tempting fate here, man. It's a bad idea. Uh so whenever we're giving our predictions, let's just go two 0 losses all around just so that we can <laughs> cover our arse whenever it all goes tits up. Because I do have like if I, because everything's going so well, it's just in my nature to think of reasons why it's <laughs> why it's gonna turn to shit. And what something that concerns me is there was a, a bad result for us whenever Heidenheim beat Darmstadt 1-0 at the weekend because it makes the gap to that promotion playoff space 11 points. Hmm. Um, and it would have been would have been eight if Darmstadt, who, who were top of the table, had won that. So now that we're 11 points off third, getting there is looking more and more unlikely. Um, we're not that far off fourth. It's just that gap to third. It just seems a bit, a bit too far away. Um, so then, if there's nothing really left to play for this season, how do you motivate the players? Ooh, that that is a very good point. Uh, I have to say, I like us to get promoted, and I'm looking at the table too, and I'm seeing I'm seeing the eleven points uh, there as well, but. Really, I just, I just want to, I just want a team to go out there like every week and, and and try to get three points. Like I want to, I want them also to like just take it game by game. Like I, I, I caught myself looking like when's the derby against Hamburg? Okay, that's like <laughs> end of April. Okay, we we might have an idea of how the table is shaping up. They 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 will probably be involved in the promotion talk, but they, we're getting then to like the season where they're fucking up. So it could be like could be really funny, but um. For me, this is just this, all this like looking ahead and stuff. I just like take it game by game. Try and try and w- win as many games as you can. I mean, we we said we said it about like this some Pauli of old comparison or whatever. Normally, we're good a complete half season. So, so I don't see uh, why we, we would stop. I, I get your point. Maybe if there's like nothing nothing to play for, but I I think. All the lads, they don't they don't strike me like that. There's maybe one or two that know they won't be here next year anymore, so so maybe they'll drop off. But everyone else has has something to play for. And we said it before, even if we don't get promoted, like most of the, the team are, are staying together, hopefully. And uh, then we go again next year. I mean, we've been in the second division now for I think it's ten years uh w- without uh, going up, then yeah, let it be if if it comes to that, then it's eleven years, and then, <laughs> then we go up. You know, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's not just about promotion. I mean, eight We're weeks ago, here. yeah, eight weeks ago, we thought we might be going down, but <laughs> this 
I don't know how it is about you, but like for me, this this feels different than than some of the other times that we've had in the past, where where we only played good for like half a year and then then we broke off. Like if it happens again, at least I think we have a solid foundation foundation this time that you can then build on. And I don't see why it wouldn't work then. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And the eleven point gap, it's. It's big and it's unlikely, but it's not completely insurmountable. And if Darmstadt has Valor Heidenheim proper shit the bed, then we'll have a chance. And it's not over till it's over. So why not give it your all? And because if you if if play, if the performance levels drop and the foot comes off the gas, and then there there does become an opening, they'll be fucking raging, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Like, like in. We can't forget that these players, I'm sure, all fucking dream of playing in the Erste Bundesliga if they haven't already. So they'll take every opportunity they can. Um, also, another thing that should keep the fire in their belly is just that that competition for for place in the team. Um, because we were we opened the podcast top, talking about how settled the starting eleven is. Um, so it's going to take some some really you know convincing performances off the bench or. Maybe if we're up three 0 at half time and they they get a bit of an extended run out, then you'd, you'd expect them to put in a shift to try and hmm. try and get a spot in that that starting eleven. And then if we can't build something for next year, then all the better. You know that like form does often run from one season into the next. You know, um, so if you can you can keep that momentum going, uh, there's no reason that. We stay unbeaten the rest of the season and <laughs> keep, keep that going in the in the next season, in the, our next uh, promotion season. I mean, I was disrespecting Furt maybe earlier on, but like you say, we, we're going to go unbeaten for the rest of the season. Is, is that disrespect <laughs> towards all of the rest of the league, or how? <laughs> maybe they're all fucking shit. <laughs> we're too good for this league, Gunnar. We've outgrown it. These past six games are just proof. Yes. Um, nah, I nearly said if only Timo was still there, but it's what it is. <laughs> Come, don't put that in. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, so, <clears throat> speaking of Timo, uh, <laughs> gotta gotta give his Liz props again um, because whenever just going back to the the Paderborn match there, uh, it was obvious that. Paderborn were, were getting a foothold in the game after they made the tunes to have play two tens, and he countered that by bringing on Bentham mm. Fazil and he played him in midfield like a sort of at the base of the midfield alongside Jackson Irvine and Marcel Hotel and it really shored things up so you got to give him give him credit for that you know reacting we did look a lot more comfortable we were still they were still the better team and we were getting dominated, but I felt more comfortable having him in front of the back line. Um, and it probably helped us get over the line in the end. Yeah, it's one of them again. I mean, I, I've just looked when that sub was made. It was 81st minute, so it wasn't one of them early subs that we've seen Herzler make before. But it, it's like you say, he reacted tactically to what was in front of him. And he, he shored up our midfield because we were... We were clearly outnumbered there when we when they switched in the second half Paderborn did um again it comes back to what we said before this this tactical now study seems to have and um 
I really like to see that. I, I like an active manager reacting to, to what he sees, and it, it seems to be working every week. Yeah, I, th- I think this boy knows what he's doing. Yeah, and I mean, he's the same age as me. And uh, <laughs> I mean, just, just me talking about Lucas Dashner, for example, uh, last week explains why I'm sitting here tonight, and he's the manager of San Pauli. <laughs> <laughs> I know, fucking hell. Who else should we uh, say needs taken out of the team because they're not performing well enough? So that I mean, so Metcalf, Metcalf hasn't yet. scored in two goals, uh, two games. So um, Dabble yeah. hasn't scored yet. Yep. Yeah, if I'm my hot take for the fourth match is that Dabble just needs to be dropped. He's not scoring enough goals. You know. Do you know what would bring take the roof off the Milan tour? An Eric Smith goal. So I'm saying drop Eric and see what happens. Really, like, not enough love for Eric. He's one of our most consistent performers. He's quite clearly uh, as the Bundesliga quality, um, which is evident by the fact that two or three clubs were lining up to sign him before he uh, committed his future to St. Pauli. And what a fucking legend he is for doing that, by the way. Um, just because he... He likes playing football here. He enjoys Hamburg. His his wife enjoys Hamburg, and it's just what a top bloke, <laughs> absolute legend. And he's, his performances for us have been outstanding. Has get shifted back into centre back, which I'm sure isn't his favourite position. You know, playing centre midfield for most of his career, but he's a he's a Rolls Royce of a player. I think he's the definition of a Rolls Royce. He just glides about that back line, just spreading the ball and imperious and is defending you know rarely puts a foot wrong touch of the Virgil van Dijk's about him oh, very very high praise yeah very high <laughs> praise for big Eric there I've I can only echo that I've, I've got nothing just all the superlatives for for big Eric uh, I love watching him play I think he's a he's a top bloke as well um yeah and I think that's he's one of the reasons why we don't shit ourselves anytime the ball gets in our final third anymore um, just because you have so much trust in them to to do the right thing and get the ball out. Um, and we were saying that it was a disgrace that Eric doesn't have his own sticker yet because Dapo hadn't even made his first start for the club, and there, we were seeing stickers of him already. So That's if you want to go yeah. on our if you want to go on our Twitter, you'll see that me and Gunnar fixed that. We both did a made a design each for Eric Smith, and they're they're off at the printers now. Yeah, they charged me an arm and a leg for them, but <laughs> anything for some Pauli, right? Yeah, nothing for Big Eric. <laughs> All right, then. So we'll be back next week to discuss the the win against the Firth at the, the Milan Tour. Um, and then keep an eye out because we're going to have a special guest on the podcast. I don't want to jinx it. You know, it might, might fall through just yet, but... Um, a current player. I hope that doesn't give away too much. But yeah, really, really looking forward to that one. It should be class. Our first ever interview. Yeah, I don't want to say too much in case I I uh, give it away or something. Yeah, spill the beans. So I'm just going to keep quiet and say it might be two episodes then the next week. Yeah, is it going to be a bonus episode? or? Oh, yeah, true. I don't know. I'll have to see if... It, I guess it depends how the match goes because you can't have... 
mm. a player on, asking him to, to <laughs> analyse his recent two 0 defeat to, <laughs> to at home to a team that we were supposed to we were supposed to beat handily enough. Yeah, so there'll either be two episodes next week, just a regular podcast, and then a special bonus episode. Or um, although right enough, God knows how long it's going to take me to edit that thing. It might not yeah. even be next week. We're recording next week, but uh, you'll have to just subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to make sure you don't miss out on that, which you should be doing anyway. And leave a review wherever you get your podcast, because that really helps the pod get get the word out as well, uh, reaches more Sao Paulo fans. Yeah. yeah, maybe just leave a review telling us about how you first got involved in supporting St. Pauli, because... So many of our listeners are, are fans who just stumble across the club, usually because of their, their political leanings, and they just want you know to, to have someone to chat to about the match, because if you're living in the UK or America or fucking South Africa or Australia, then you know it's, there's usually not many St. Pauli fans around that you can get stuck into the nitty-gritty of who should be starting up front with. So yeah, let, let us know how you... How you first heard about St. Pauli, how you started supporting them, and don't forget the five stars. All right, then, Gunnar, pleasure as always. Thank you. Nice chatting to you. Yeah, and I'll probably see you then uh, Saturday bright and early again uh, at the Milan Tour.